Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way, with the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. Uh, thanks so much for joining me uh, for each of these episodes. I really appreciate um, you guys listening to these amazing stories. I mean, I've, I've learned so much, and I think, um, first off, I just have to say a big thanks to all my guests, and I've got another amazing guest today. You guys are, you guys are going to love her story. Um, but I've learned so much from everybody that shared and I'll tell you, uh, what it's taught me in, and I knew this before, but, but what it's taught me is very clearly everybody has their stuff they're going through and it gives us an opportunity when we hear other stories to have compassion and empathy and to remember, be careful with our words, right? Like be careful with our words. Let's, let's make sure that we're using words that wouldn't um, hurt people's feelings or offend, but that we we consider all things when we're talking to people and we use words and language that love and lift people up, uh, make them feel value and, and feel self-worth because there's people hurting out there. Um, anyway, so today's guest, uh, Rebecca Price. Uh, so grateful to have you, Rebecca. And it's this is fun because um, I, I've never met you before today, but you and my wife have, have been pretty close and, and good friends uh, up before... Uh, us meeting today and you guys got connected online through social media uh, through through like Utah photo- photographer groups correct yes correct yeah we we're a big community here in Utah yes you are I mean we have a lot, a lot of amazing men and women that see light in like incredible ways and I look at a picture you guys do and I'm like oh that that's a cool difference I don't really see it and then I and then my wife's like no look at the light and I'm like oh okay and I still don't yep, really see it all the way yep. like she does it's amazing but um anyway so also, um, back in 2017, I, um, did a, I shared my story for the Mormon channel and the Mormon channel under his grace, uh, the title is called returning to prayer and lo and behold, you work for the Mormon channel. I did. Yeah. Yes. I and, remember watching your video published, working on comments and, um, moderating, the page. Um, so all the background stuff being, being inspired by your, your story. As well, well, appreciate that. But the cool thing is you have your own story that was published by your Mormon channel crew, if you yes. will, with you and your husband. And that, and that's a lot of the story that you're going to share with us today. But, um, that was also a fun connection. And, um, 
you, you've done some amazing work. I, I know. So right now you've got four kids and I'll let you get into that a little bit more. They're all girls. Mm-hmm. So your husband, Brandon has his hands full with <laughs> a lot of emotions, right? But Hey, that makes him a softer man, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, and that's awesome. A girl, there's nothing better than, than being a father of girls. You know, I think Kobe nailed it when he said, I'm a girl dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing better than that. It's pretty special. So, um, Anyway, it, you, you do some work for the church, and it'll be fun to kind of hear you talk about that a little bit. But, but your story today uh, that you're going to get into, this one's a special one in the sense of um, before we started recording, you said something to me that I really feel is going to pull out of this a lot because this deals with um, a little bit of a faith crisis. Well, not a little bit, but a faith crisis on the end of your husband after you're married for a while. But what's amazing to me is what you said to me as we were getting ready to record, you said, I could look at this as an opportunity to really blame him or I could take this and say, what what can I change about me? How What can I learn here personally? And, and I'll tell you what, Rebecca, to me, that's a special, special thing. When Whenever we go through things, sometimes we want to try and blame, we want to try and whatever it is. I know I've, I'm guilty of that in my life, but for, for, to take ownership and to try and say, how can I grow? What can I learn from this? What, what accountability do I have because of this thing? I don't know. That's a powerful thing. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, enough of my voice. Um, I'm excited for you to hear from Rebecca today. She's going to share some awesome things about marriage and the relationship and how her and her husband have grown in their marriage, even though there's, there's a little disconnect in, in the faith thing now. It's, it's pretty awesome to hear your story. So enough of my voice. I talk way too long at the beginning of these. I just get excited. So glad to have you with me. Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me here. This is um, definitely a humbling experience to share a little bit about uh, my story, about myself. Um, so I actually am born and raised in Brazil, lived there until I was 21. And when I decided to come to the United States to learn more of the language, because back in Brazil, my college degree was English. So I thought awesome. I'll just take a semester off, come to the States, learn the, co- the culture, and then go back home and just be a better professional. Did you, did you speak English well when you um, came here? So in Brazil, we learn English starting in fifth grade. Yeah. So I had a lot of vocabulary. I had a lot of grammar knowledge, but not very much fluency. The reason why I wanted to just come and emerge in the, the American culture, I came to live with an American family. Yeah. So did not want to just be surrounded by Portuguese speaking people. I wanted to just go in and be part of an American family and just learn as much as I could on that six months because that's all I was planning yeah. on staying here for. Well, girl, <laughs> you you didn't just dive in. You got into country dancing. And yeah, there's, that's going to come out in the story a little bit down the road here. But my gosh, I mean, that's if you're going to dive into American culture and embrace, I mean, embracing country dancing. Yeah, dancing. yeah, the line dancing. That's a, that's a man, you you jumped into America. So, yeah. Um, so I met Brandon at a country dance place um, a few months after I had been here in the U.S. Only a few months. Only a few okay. months. He had just come back from his mission All in right. Brazil. So he speaks Portuguese. Yeah. And definitely the, the reason why we got along so well right off the bat and... Um, it's because of his dance moves. Uh, I don't even remember him dancing, to be <laughs> honest with you. 
It's he the, still doesn't dance very well. It's the way me. he was doing the lasso, right? Oh, you were like, probably. man, it that was, is. It was a lot of karaoke involved. Okay. Involved as okay. Well. Yeah. Um, I'm liking Brandon. <laughs> uh, we started dating, and a few months later, he proposed. No kidding. And, nope. He was he was fast. So so you're still with this American family that you don't even really know that well, mm -hmm. right? That's that's really cool. So you start dating a guy, and are they kind of like? And they wow. actually loved him too. He came over, and we had dinner yeah. with that family. Um, we've been friends ever since. How cool so, is that? Uh, and we got married five months later. No kidding. <laughs> yes, not. Hey, that's so untypical for Utah. I mean, we, right? we like to date for long periods so of time. So people really um, uh, told me before I came, it's like, oh, you're gonna get married in six months. You're gonna find a guy. I'm like, whatever. Not gonna happen. Yeah. I'm just gonna come back home. I have a lot to do here yeah. in Brazil. I'm not getting married. I really did not expect to meet someone yeah. and actually have a relationship and ended up in marriage. But Amazing how when God you works. know, you know, yeah. and you just, I, I didn't want to leave him. So. My, my wife, one of my wife's favorite quotes after our accident, you're aware of our accident. She, <laughs> at least she used to say, if you ever want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans, right? <laughs> so my plans are this, but how often do it's like surprise, you know, so many times in life that happens. And that's really cool mm -hmm. that you came to immerse yourself in, in America and you ended up finding your spouse. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's been great. I, I truly love him so much. He's been great since the beginning. So loving and, and such a good friend. So we really got along very well. And, and he, is he from Utah originally? No. So he was born in Colorado, Boulder, oh, Colorado. Gotcha. He lived most of his life there um, until he was about 15 years old. Uh, his parents got divorced then and his dad came back to Utah where he was originally from sure. the Heber city area Yeah, and brought Br Brandon and his sister with him. Um, and then Brandon just been here ever since awesome. he went on a mission to Brazil from, from Heber. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. So, so graduated high school, went on a mission down to Brazil, mm -hmm. learn Portuguese. You guys never met in Brazil. No, did he serve a lot like, of people ask yeah, if we've met in like, Brazil. Did, yeah, yeah, no. Did, did he serve in any of the areas nearby where you're from? Because no. Brazil's, Brazil's huge. It's huge. Yeah. He served more on the southern area. Okay. Um, his mission is not even the same now. It got already divided many yeah, times. Yeah. You know, it just, so the big. church expands so fast in Brazil. Yeah. Um, so when he came back, uh, he went to that country dance place because yeah. his friends were going there. Some of his friends said that there were some Brazilian girls yeah. going there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and introduced us. And yeah, the, the rest is history. We're celebrating it. our 14th anniversary now in July. Yes. 14 <laughs> years. With four kids. And That's awesome. Yeah. All girls. And your oldest, happy. Rachel, is 15, you said? Uh, she's going to turn... 13, 13 in July. I almost yeah. added two more years. Yeah, we to life. we started kids pretty fast as well. We <clears throat> yeah. knew we wanted kids uh, when we were still young, and so now That's we awesome. get to enjoy a lot of just adult time. That's awesome. Just the two of us. So now, and and so you've got Rachel, Sophie, you've got Charlotte, and Lucy. Yes. And Lucy just turned eight, not two. So Charlotte and Lucy are twins. Okay, yeah. And they are turning nine in August. Awesome. Mm -hmm. awesome. Sophie is turning ten. So we've got all summer birthdays. You almost June, had, July, and August. Oof, oof, the, the bank account takes a hit in the it summer does, months, doesn't it? Does, it does, but yeah. you know what? We get that through and done, and, and you're, we're you're ready to for, go. Yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> Just a big birthday bash. How, how do you feel summertime. knowing that you've got 
your youngest are almost double digit. Is that kind of weird? <sighs> yeah. It, wow. Looking back <laughs> eight years, nine years ago so when fast. we were having newborn twins and wow, it's a blur, but we love so the independence. Yeah. We love, yeah. you know, yep. Now, when people ask, are you going to try for a boy? I'm like, heck no. No, man, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> girl dad. Yes. Girl mom. Brandon does love being a father to girls. I'm you. Um, he is completely happy that way. And they're, and he's their favorite. Yeah. If they were to pick one human out of this whole world, it would be Brandon. It wouldn't yeah. even be me. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll there's he's some, the fun parent. Amen to that. It's, there's something special about when you're a, when you're a man and you have a, a daughter, it's a, it's a pre, it, it softens your heart like automatically it softens your heart. And then it's up to us to stay soft so that we don't ruin things for our daughters. Mm -hmm. Right. So, cause they're so good. Awesome. Okay. So, so, so take it away. So you guys get married about you, you, you get engaged about six months, five months, six months after, or, or is that when you get married? That's when we get married. Okay. We actually got engaged a month and a half, two months after we okay. started dating. Yeah. And then six months later, we were getting and, married. And family all came up from Brazil. No. So my parents did. Okay. Uh, we wish we could have gotten married in Brazil, sure. but because of all immigration process, yeah. we realized it would be just too hard to come back. Sure. So we decided to do it here. Okay. Uh, my parents came yeah. to be with me. Yeah. Uh, I was going to get my endowments so the cool. same day I was going to get married. We yeah. got married at the Bountiful Temple. Awesome. July 3rd. My my grandpa used to be the temple president there. What year? Uh, um, 2007. Yeah. I No, he, let's see. Is he there then? I think he was. Yeah, I think it was. Anyway, um, yeah, so in, in just in case you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, endowments, um, before we go and we actually get sealed in the temple, so marriage to us is for time and all eternity, and we're sealed to our families. Um, we make promises and covenants with God. It's it's awesome. Um, but we go and, and go through an endowment session. It's pretty cool. So that's what you're talking about mm -hmm. there. And then you guys got sealed. You were married. Your parents were up in town. Yes. And then, and then take it away from there. What yes, happens? Yes, we, um, it was great to have my parents, at least my parents here with me. Brandon's family was there too. Yeah. It was very special. And so the temple cool. Was, it was such a great experience. Um, it was definitely different than I ever imagined to get married. Uh, well, my marriage, my wedding would be what in Brazil. Like, right? right? Yeah. yeah. It was just so much fun. We had um, some of our friends um, with us in celebration of, uh, and then we have lived most of our marriage life in Sugar House yeah. in Holiday. Holiday. Yeah, that's where, I'm from. That's where we currently live. Yes. And we absolutely love the I area. I know your street well. <laughs> like, that's my stomping grounds. Yes, Holiday's gotta say, the best, the best neighborhood. Yeah, it's a good place to live. In this area. Um, we lived in, in California for a year. Yeah. No, it was a quick adventure. Where, where at? <laughs> nothing exciting fresno and bakersfield hey, that is amazing <laughs> it's california but you don't get better weather so oh my gosh it was, was so that for hot his, in bakersfield was it was oh. that for his studying uh, no it was for his work so he got okay. a offer to work brendan is a restaurant chef yeah he worked in fresno at a traditional italian restaurant okay and then we went to bakersfield and he worked at a country club okay so good experience for yeah. you at least like it was great. Growing. It was great. We yeah. actually didn't think we would come back to Utah so fast. Yeah. But then an opportunity came up when uh, where we could open our own restaurant up at the U. Oh, at the so University cool. of Utah. Yeah. So we so opened cool. a little cafe. 
what, there. What is it? Um, so doesn't exist anymore because then we sold to one of employees. Okay. Um, a couple of years later, and Brenda took other chef opportunities. So in you other actually you actually purchased. We the owned that. Yeah. That. So what? we. So the reason why it doesn't exist anymore are our restaurants because of course we took the name. Yeah. As ours, we can use other places, but another restaurateur. Um, created something what else What was there. the restaurant It was called, called Fiana. Fiana. Yeah, it was just inside the campus, in one of the oh, buildings, cool. the biomedical technology How building. Cool. I think that's what it was. But it was a great experience, yeah. especially for branding. Such a young age career into yeah. um, chef. Well, what a great experience yeah. for him to just be able to do that, right? Yeah. To, to gain the confidence to know, because yes. now you own multiple restaurants. Yes, now we do. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a few restaurants here in, in Salt Lake area, Draper, Provo, and Brandon's a corporate chef or a restaurant group. I love it. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good so stuff. I, so like I said, I grew up in Brazil. My family is very active in the church. My parents were converts. Okay. They, they met the missionaries back in 1982. At the time, they were just about to get married. Yeah. They weren't married, but they were together. They had a, um, my sister, my older sister. And with the, the, the missionary, the, the lessons, they, um, they decided to get baptized. They got married first and then so they baptized cool. a year later. It. They got sealed in the temple in yeah. Sao Paulo. Nice. Temple. Nice. My sister, um, just a year old with them in the ceiling. Getting and sealed. so when I was um, born, I was um, the second yeah. when I was born, uh, my parents were already, um, Sealed. Sealed yeah. everything. So I was born in the covenant, yeah, like we yeah, say. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then do you have any other siblings too? Is it, I do. I have a okay. younger sister and a younger brother nice. who just recently moved to Idaho. Oh, he cool. He's going to BYU, Idaho. Yeah. So first it's cold sibling, up there though. Is he ready for is, that? He Ooh. is ready as long as he's um, studying there, which okay. he has been preparing for a long time. Oh, that's fun. And it's so exciting for me to have, another, to have a sibling yeah. here yeah. living too it's in always the good U.S. So, yeah. Good. Um... So, so the gospel was always in my family, always, um, my dad was bishop, stake president. Yeah. So all I remember from growing up is being in the church, yeah. you know, when well, you work for the church, right? Yes. So it's like, I mean, you, you, so much of everything you do is focused so on So much Jesus of everything Christ. I do is focused in the church and Jesus Christ. Um, so right now I do closed captioning in Portuguese for many of the broadcasts for the church general conferences and devotionals, concerts, things like that. And explain, explain, stop right here and pause. Just <laughs> explain this because closed captioning, does that mean that it's not verbal? It's typing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So all the written part that you see when, um, when you activate the closed captioning. The yes. CC. Yes. You're the typer. Yes. Typologist. So, or whatever it's all, called. so majority of the stuff is already done yeah. beforehand. So yep. it would be impossible to just oh, do so much so, of that. So fast. It, right. So we prepare a lot beforehand yeah. and we, of course, are ready to go live when yeah. it's needed. So ladies and gentlemen, if you read, <laughs> Portuguese ever for any church events, just know Rebecca is probably behind yeah. <laughs> the scenes typing that up for you. That's kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are a few other people that work um, with us. So yeah. it's nice. Fun. It's, it's a great job. I've been doing that for a decade. Nice. And then I worked for the Mormon channel yeah. also in be between uh, all, all along the, the way five, about five years at the Mormon channel. That's awesome. Mm I'm gonna say. So I was the social media producer yeah. for the Portuguese page. Okay. So there were a few international pages um, for the Mormon channel, 
to connect with um, people from all different countries and yeah. languages. Um, it was actually a very cool thing to do because to be able to um, engage and hear from people that doesn't speak English and they couldn't otherwise engage with an English page. Yeah. Uh, the main page, Mormon yeah. channel, yeah. and and listen um, about their their faith or how they were looking for joy and inspiration and wanting to learn more about the church as well. So I was the one to do in Portuguese, and then later on I was also working some of the productions and um, moral messages, His Grace videos, and things like That's that. That's so cool. And I, so the thing I love about this. These videos, I mean, they're for everybody in the world, right? I mean, it's it's about like everything that you think you, you could possibly think someone could go through, whether it's addiction, whether it's like tragedy, whether it's grief, whether it's, you know, uh, rough relationships and marriage, wh whatever it is. Like these are real videos of real people who have gone through some very, very difficult things. And they talk about how they felt God's love in the darkest moments. And and those videos are power. They're very powerful and moving videos. You guys do an incredible job. And it's not the thing I love about it is it's not just for people who are born in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not born and raised or, or joined. It's not just for for us. It's for the it's for the world. These are things that we all the all humanity struggles with these things. And so although the videos do come from the church, it's really not a message of hey come join the church. It's a message of we have a savior. And he understands us in our darkest moments. And he will he will be there with us. We just have to allow him to, we just have to, to you know, invite him to be with us. And, and as soon as we do, as soon as we reach our hand for him, he grabs our hand and helps us, takes us out, right? So I love what, I love that you did that. And, and you're a part of something that is so good. So thanks. Yeah, of course. No, thank you. Your story has inspired me and many others and seeing, firsthand those comments and the reactions of people it really inspires us that are there working so i can say that i throughout all those years working for the church i have learned so much mm -hmm. i have and it has strengthened my testimony and which um kind of brings me to this memory of when i was going through my own experience my own hard time you know Looking back, um, I saw myself working on so many of those um, productions and listening to those stories, and I found myself, it's happening in my own home. Mm. You know, how can I balance these two things? Helping other people, but also wanting to be helped. Man, that's tough. I, so, so up to this point in your life, you hadn't really experienced tragedy, like like or just really really, really dark things in your life at this point. You haven't been, you haven't been, I mean, we all have soul stretching times, right? Like friends and, and, and we have to navigate figuring out who we are in the younger years. But like up to this point in your time, uh, point, point of time in your life, you were, you and I were talking before and you said that you had, you were teaching a lesson in, I believe, I believe relief society one day Yes. and it was on trials. Right. And, and I, and you said to me, you know, up to that point in my life, I hadn't had that many trials. We, the stretchings were there, of course, the navigating life, but you hadn't really had those kind of trials, but yet you'd seen others 
really going through this, whether it was the stories on, on Mormon channel or whether it was other people in your life. So you, you definitely understood that, 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 that is absolutely a thing that most and all of us pass through. And then all of a sudden you're kind of facing your own. And these memories of some of these stories are giving you strength, giving yes. you hope. Yes, definitely. I guess I kind of, by teaching, studying to be able to teach in Relief Society and to be involved in those stories kind of gave me a little bit of guidance. I knew I could get through it. Yeah. I just didn't know how to. Um, and I did feel very fortunate, you know, before it's like, oh, I guess mm, I've been very blessed now <laughs> having to go through a lot of hard times. And little did I know that was going to be hit yeah. really hard. It, it, so the word that comes to mind is preparation. And then like, how do you prepare for a trial? You don't know what trial you're going to get, right? But like, because you, because you were doing what you did, because you were still teaching lessons, even though you didn't know it super well, you were studying the material. You were studying and understanding why. Like, what? Why do we go through trials here on this earth? Why does, why does God, who loves us perfectly, allow us to go through things that sometimes, end up, like crushing and changing lives? Right? Like that. That's a very, very easy question and a good question. And because you're studying these things, you're sharing these things. Um, you were prepared, and it still doesn't make it easy. But you were more prepared to at least turn the right direction and face the right direction. So, so what did you go through? So, um, back in 2016, so that was the year that my daughter, my oldest daughter was going to get baptized. We were, um, I was very focused on getting her prepared to not only go through a ritual that sometimes it feels like we do in the church. That is just a passage of and, and I didn't want it to feel like that I yeah. wanted her to know that she was making that decision this so is my this choice. is my choice yeah. um it's not just something that eight-year-old kids do yes uh, and because my friends did I want to do it too yep I love that yeah so I in one of those conversations with my husband we I was like I I feel like we need to just um do a few different things here in our home so we prepare her for that. Yeah. So we had about six months ahead of us. So that was early um, in the year. And then her birthday is July. Okay. So in one of those conversations, when I kind of was pushing him to just be more, you know, active in that way. Yeah. And doing more things in the home, more prayer, more family home evening, more scripture study. And he said, well, I really don't think I believe in any of this anymore. And that kind of hit me in a way that I'm like, Wait a did second. I really hear this? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? And it's like, yeah, I don't think I believe in all those those things anymore. How am I going to be able to help her if I don't think I'm actually, I'm not certain of these things. Was your daughter there too? No. So these. The, and not that that would have been bad. I just, no, I'm curious. This, of this course. Yeah. Um, it was just a late night conversation. Yeah. I was in the kitchen. We yeah. used to do that a lot. After a long day of work, we would put the kids in bed. Go clean up. And then out. we just go through lots of yeah. conversation. Um, and that's when he told me. So the girls weren't there present. but And then, and to be honest with you, I don't remember a lot of details yeah. of that that time. Yeah. Probably a coping mechanism, yeah. which well, sometimes it, I'm grateful it for. shocked you, right? Yeah. We don't remember everything when we go into a state of shock. And, yes. and shock looks very different in, in different scenarios, right? Yeah. And then... And I think I'm grateful for some of that because 
it was very painful. I remember the pain. I don't feel the pain anymore. Yeah. How it really hurt me at that time. And to not have to feel that same pain yeah. now, it's it's great because it, it shows that I've healed. It shows that it's released. It's, it's now joy. It moved through me. you. Yes. <clears throat> yep. I do know that the next days after that was very dark. It was I felt numb. I didn't know what to do. Um, there was a lot of crying. Um, at the time, my husband was uh, traveling a lot for work. Right. Which, again, it was good and bad. Yeah. We kind of needed that space yeah. alone, but we also felt alone and not yeah. having each other. We were just the best, best of friends. That's cool. We loved being together. Yeah. We still do, yeah. and it just gotten better now. But at that time, it just felt really hard. Uh which a point um i so we i had talked to my bishop about brandon disbelieving and and what are the things that he told me like i don't believe in god anymore i don't believe in church anymore and so of course i went to my bishop for some guidance and he he spoke with both of us uh, so it was kind of clear that brandon didn't believe anymore he said no i'm sure i don't believe anymore and then so uh, a little bit after, I started thinking, what do we do now? Like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And I think, I think real quick, Rebecca, before mm -hmm. we go on, for anybody listening, and, and, and there's a lot of people that belong to the church that do listen to this podcast, but for those that don't, this is a huge thing. And, and I know, listen, faith is, is a big uh, reason for people getting divorced, like changes of faith or different faiths going into a marriage. That's that, that can be hard to navigate. Let's be real. But for someone growing up in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, getting married to another person that belongs to the church and a return missionary and getting sealed in the temple, like that's a huge commitment. You're making promises and covenants with each other and with God that are very much based on like, hey, I promise you I'm going to live this type of life so that um, we have the best life experience we can and, and we, we, we try and serve the Lord, you know, Jesus Christ, and show Him our gratitude and raise our kids in a way where they want to also serve the Lord and those kind of things. And so for, for all of a sudden this to get, to get sprung on you, if you will, it's like, what is life anymore? Mm -hmm. Like you, right, you, you kind of have to go back to ground zero and say, what do I do? Yeah, I don't know we, how to navigate this thing. We promised things together. Now we promised that we were going to work towards one goal. And then now you're telling me that don't that believe. goal is, isn't the same for you. So that was really something that was like, it's I earth can't. shattering. It was, yeah. it really was. And I talked with my best friend for a little bit because she had gone through divorce herself and, and then, and not that I was thinking of divorce at all, but, sure. but I wanted her to tell me about how to look for help. And then she said to um, ask my bishop if he knew anyone that could help, like, like a, a professional, okay. a, a counselor, yeah. a marriage counselor. Sure enough, he had some, uh, some, this awesome lady, this awesome therapist that for Brent and I, we both agreed that if it wasn't for her, 
we probably wouldn't be together. She really today. helped out. She really helped. That's so cool. And so the bishop said that, that she had helped other couples in our ward, uh, not specifically with the same issue, the same experience or, or trial that they were going through, but she was very qualified. And yeah. for me, it was very important that that person was a member of the church. Because yeah. like you said, they understand. They need to understand that type of promises we've made and how that really was important for me. Uh, whereas someone that is an, a member of the church it would just be completely foreign for them. Yeah, they might have all the skills, but the understanding wouldn't really be there with certain exactly. with some of this language. Understanding right? how we see eternal life, yeah. how God is the the center of our yeah. marriage, and not just the center, but a very important part of it because it's God, the husband, and the wife. And, um, at that point I saw myself, you know, my husband's out of that, that yeah. triangle. Yep. I knew for sure that I wasn't about to break my promises yeah. with God. Yep. I knew, I knew that I knew I wasn't going to, to deny the things I felt. My testimony was very strong and I knew that I couldn't do that. Because the experience I've had in my whole life proved me that God was there. So I awesome. wasn't going to to deny that. And um, if it was his choice to not believe in God anymore, um, I, I knew that I could keep my part of the promise and, um, and, and just have faith that Heavenly Father would help me through it and figure it out. So, so we went to see in and... Is our therapist. Our and it's her name. And That's awesome. her name. And That's we awesome. love saying her name. Her name. Yeah. Um, the first time we went to see her, um, it was very hard. Yeah. It was, there wasn't a lot of talking. There wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't even a conversation. It was a lot of silence and crying. You could really feel that I was hurt. It was painful for, for both of us. Brennan didn't talk much because he isn't the type of guy that just meets someone and just opens up. Um, but with time, we started learning how to make it into a safe space. Uh, without knowing, I wasn't allowing for him to feel like he could share that part of him that he didn't believe anymore. And it wasn't, I never felt, uh, ashamed of that because I didn't give him that safe space and because I didn't do that with it was um, I didn't mean to do that yeah you didn't know I didn't know yeah um and that's definitely something I try to remember every time that it wasn't something that I did to provoke that kind of disbelief or or something that I didn't do yeah. That ended up in that kind of consequence. Well, that makes Does that make sense? It makes sense to me because like the thing is when you grow up in this environment and, and you have uh, as, a, as a faithful member of the church, when you take that step of getting sealed and married in the temple, I mean, you, you've got to have somewhat of a, a testimony at that point in your life. Um, and, and so I'm sure Brandon, after serving a mission, um, there were definitely, like, he saw light, he saw truth. He had, there was a lot of good things that he experienced along the way. But then of course, later on in his life, those things come into question, right? As you grow and as you gain more experience. So in his mind, I can, I can see why he would think and assume, um, that his spouse, like that's not a safe place because if I throw this out there, then it's going to really hurt her. And, and I, and I, I would believe 
that the reason Brandon didn't say anything is because he didn't want to hurt you because he loved you, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot going on inside of him. And so he made the choice that he thought was going to protect you by keeping it inside. And that, unfortunately, the hard thing about that is, is yeah, for, for a minute, it protects the person, right? For a minute. But then when, when it does come out, it usually causes a lot more, uh, damage, if you will, just more pain. It causes more pain, um, because it festers for a long time. Right. And, and then that, that distrust of there being a safe place in the marriage, we've kind of caused there to not be a safe place in marriage because of our thought process. When in all reality, Rebecca, it, it may have been a safe place for him to come to you and say that to you, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And th- that was definitely something I learned during our marriage counseling sessions because I didn't realize that. And, uh, and and he said that. Everything that you just said is perfectly described. It was like, I've it never was done like, that myself. <laughs> what, what are we? Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly how it is. <laughs> it was with those same words. It's like, he was trying to protect in one hand. He was trying to protect yeah. me from the heartbreak, the, the, the trying to figure out. And then on the other hand, he also wanted to tell me so he could be hundred percent truth. Yep. Authentic. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it, it, both options weren't it's hard. easy at all. So understanding that, um, it wasn't because he was lying to me. It's because he just chose what he thought would protect me the most in our family. But then at some point, he just couldn't. <laughs> this this is, I got to pause. This is really special to me. Because you had a choice at that moment to take that pain that somebody else caused you and hold on to that and say, I'm mad. I'm angry, upset. And I know, I know you were like, I'm not pretending that you weren't right. You were, but you just said something that I think is very, very, very important. You said you valid, you validated him. Like you, you started and and maybe it was because of counseling, but you started to say, okay, I can understand that in his mind, he thought he was trying to protect me. And he was also trying to figure out how to navigate this authenticity within himself a lot of people, Becca, in these scenarios, and I'm guilty of this in certain scenarios in my life, we take that pain that somebody else just caused us and we hold on to it and it, and it bothers us. And then we get angry and frustrated and mad at that person and we stay there. And it's like releasing that takes away our safe place. That, that, becomes, that pain becomes our safe place. And so we hold on to it and we get angry and we get mad. And if you don't live by this standard from now on, right? Like, if, like in my mind to that person, now you did this to me. Now, if you don't live up to this certain standard, you're going to get it because now in some way I'm in control because you just did this to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that control. But you validated him. You learned to validate him. And with that validation, that's, there's release that comes with that. It allows emotions to, to move through us rather than stop and make a home within our heart, which we don't want to happen. Is that, am I, am I right? Yes, you're completely right. Because 
at, at that very time, right before, or just as we started counseling, we felt so broken. We felt like we couldn't communicate anymore. Uh, two people that loved each other so much and wanted to be together. But every time we started talking, we would have hurt the other person because we just couldn't figure out how to actually ex express all those emotions. And it, it's funny because I remember Brandon even saying something like, oh, but how about all that Christ like principles that you learn in your church? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? You expect me to just like hug you and say everything's going to be okay. That is not going to happen. And that's reality. Like I cannot even try to hide this because that was my reaction. I threw ultimatums. I was mad. I was upset <laughs> on those days that yeah. the first couple days or maybe the first couple months even I was so hurt and I wanted to, and I just let the instincts just take charge emotions they get looking back yeah. i also tried to not see that i did it wrong but of course it was kind of silly i could have done it a different way but i didn't know any better how many times had you been through this before <laughs> zero so you cannot do it perfectly no i oh. had no guidance whatsoever so i was doing what i thought it was the right thing yeah and i was also trying to protect myself yeah. i was trying yep. to see hey here you go uh, what can I do so I don't feel any more pain, so I don't get hurt more in the future? So definitely one fear that I had is that because now he had told me of his disbelief, he would start doing all the things that he maybe thought he had not done all throughout these years because of the church. Right. Like, so, so that was my first thought, word my of first wisdom, fear. Yes. Like drugs, drinking, all that stuff, all partying, kinds of stuff. went the opposite sex, Especially right? Especially in the line of work that yeah. he is in, yeah. you know, in the restaurant business, working very late hours, uh, a lot in being far from home um, for so long. Uh, and then with counseling, of course, I learned that there are amazing people that aren't members of the church. And I already knew that, yeah. but it never was like right on my face. But that aren't members that live moral, like high moral values. Exactly. That's the thing. That right? wasn't just because someone doesn't yes. believe in God that yes. they would go completely crazy. Yes. And... And Brandon also told me that he's like, don't worry, you know, I'm going to still be the same person. And he really is. Yeah. It's because it's in his core. It's his, it's who he is. He believes in that. Yeah. He knows yeah. of the, uh, how being, how being a good person, honest, hard worker, good dad, loving spouse. So those things never changed, but that was my fear right off the bat. He, it, which, which awesome. He, he loved you. Even through, right? He loved you. He loves you. Not loved you. He loves you. He loves your girls. He loves being a dad and a husband. And that's okay that he's he's questioning God. That's okay. But right, like those questions come. And and sometimes in life, if 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 anybody's lived a life without questioning God, then I'm questioning that person. <laughs> like, do you think? Because it happens to all of us where we get in these moments in life and we go, why? Yeah. And it's supposed to. It happened to Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. God's son. He, even he did often in, in his, well, 
maybe not often, but he did. And, and so we therefore are going to have those moments in life as well. And, and I think that's really cool about your husband though, is that like he recognized that within himself, but it's not that it's not that because he was uncertain of this one thing, he felt like he needed to do a 180 in his life and totally change everything about who he is. Cause I feel like sometimes people get that way Mm -hmm. where it's like, we're so committed to one thing, one pattern of life. And then all of a sudden, whether it's a midlife crisis, whether it's a faith, um, you know, you, you deal with faith crisis or uh, a divorce or whatever it is, it's like because we got there and we didn't like it, didn't feel good, that we have to change everything about us. It needs to open the door to everything and we need to try everything new. And that can lead us down some dark roads. I've done that exactly. before. It's awful. So anyway. So, um, so in fact, that was one of the things that Brenda was like, I, we can, we can raise the kids in the church. We can get them baptized. We can, you can keep going to church. You can, I will support you on, on your church jobs, your callings. And and for that, I am so grateful to him. He never, he was never an antagonist. He was never, he never um, talks bad about the church. Maybe he has some bad thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he shares with some friends and uh, I'm sure he does not. Maybe I'm sure he does, but he, for, because he respects me so much and he loves me so much. Um, we've made some great friends in the church, so he feels welcome. So he comes to church when I go with the girls, he's there. And, and just for that alone, I am so grateful and those are the blessings that I count the most because it could have been completely different. So, so what you're telling me is that Brandon has been an incredible husband to you. Yes. He is com- he committed to you to do certain things and he's done those things. Now that, now that the, the whole relationship with God, that's, that's a, another story for a different another day. Story. But as far as a marriage goes, and a man committing to his wife to love and to be there and to do everything he can to be a great husband and a great father. He's done all those things. He's done all those things. And yeah, he continues to be that amazing person, even though God is not in the picture for him anymore. And it hasn't changed though. And, and he thinks he, he thinks that because he was raised in the church, he also contributed for all the, those, the moral goodness, goodness. And that's the reason why he wants our kids to be also raised in that knowledge and environment and and community. Uh, For us, it's, it's important. Um, Of course it changes dynamics at home. Definitely. Um, Growing up in a family that we had family home and evening every week. Scripture studies every morning going, I mean, my, my oldest is going to have seminary pretty soon. I hope, you know, so now I was put in the position that I have to lead that gospel discussions and, and, and lessons in the church. So especially with the pandemic and having to do yeah, home, home church. church. Oh my yes. gosh. Um, why a lot of people were saying, Oh, this is fantastic. Two hour of church. Well, before a little bit, two hours of church and we do more centered at home. And I thought, <laughs> great. <laughs> I was, it wasn't already hard enough. <laughs> I have to do it. All I got a lot of own. planning to do each week. I actually, right? Not that I wanted the church to teach my kids. Definitely yeah. not, but yep. it was part it, we were working together yes. because I didn't have yes. my husband to help with me on that. Yep. And definitely saw some amazing blessings throughout the year, having to 
figured that out on my own. Yeah. Um, not having the sacrament, being administered in my home, yeah. definitely um, hard. We have actually been going to church every week. So the bishop says, you are welcome to come every week, even though it's not your yeah, because because you do it like al- alphabetically, like half and half right yes, now, right with yes. COVID. Yeah, um, and just being happy and grateful for the little things, you know. To be, we had we actually had the the sacrament administered to us a couple of times by uh, our ministering brothers yeah. and um, other priesthood holders in a ward, and just being able to see, also have the chance to be served in that way. Yeah by other people so and, cool. and just feeling so grateful. Maybe I wouldn't have that chance um, otherwise yeah. if it wasn't for that, that experience. Um, and I'm just grateful that I get to also feel this period that way. Yeah. I, I I'm really impressed um, with you both. And, and I think the reason why I'm about to say what I'm going to say is just, I feel like honesty is so important, right? And we all know that. That's not like, oh, hey, wow, this is groundbreaking. Honesty is important. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. But um, it's it's pretty amazing to see Brandon be honest, but yet also like he knew that he honestly loves you and he wanted to marry you and and. And he didn't marry you just because of God, right? Like that's, that's, yes, let's be real. Like I married my wife, not just because of God, you know? And, and, um, so although he went through this faith crisis, although he went through all these things, he was still committed to taking care of his wife and and his wife, allowing his wife to take care of him in the way that, that he believed marriage should be right. You don't make this, this commitment if you're not willing to make sacrifices. So his sacrifice for a long time, he held on to this thing, this, this friction inside of his soul about God and believing if he's there and that caused a lot of pain. But when he, when he let it go and you guys kind of met in a safe place and you started to understand each other, he's gone to church with you. He supported you in going to church. You mentioned to me before we started recording there's been times you've been out of town and he's actually taken your girls to church mm-hmm. as a non-believer, right? Yes. And and to me, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by that because I think sometimes in this life, we tend to go along with things sometimes without 100% fully either believing in those things or fully willing to commit to those things. And so we kind of just, if you will, float through certain areas of life. There's a, there's a scripture in James um, that says a double-minded man, so double-minded, double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. He was double-minded because he was ha- having friction, but he came, truthfully came to you and wanted to be a single-minded person of saying, this is who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. And because of that, because of that honesty, it, to me, it like has empowered your relationship to be like, Hey, look, I know where you're at. I know you, I see you. I know you don't believe in God right now or, or ever, maybe ever again, but I know you. And, and I know when you tell me something, I know it's honest, right? Mm -hmm. 
that's that's beautiful because there's a lot of marriages in the church and outside of the church where people are living double-minded lives, right? That's divorce rates are higher than ever before. It, I just looked at a statistic before we started recording and like 75% of divorces are because of commitment. I mean, everything that happens, whether it's money, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, if disagreements that cause divorces, commitment is really the underlying thing that that ruins it. It's because people stop staying committed to each other in love. He never did that. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes him an honest and a, and a great man in my eyes. Yeah. You know? And, and because of that commitment from both sides, especially his... He, when I suggested that we looked for help, professional help, not just our bishop or ministering brothers or our family. In fact, I didn't tell my family until we were about to start our marriage counseling. And that actually wasn't a huge uh, time. It wasn't gap. It was, I think from when Brendan told me, uh, of not believing in God anymore to when we started, counseling was about four months so it wasn't super long and that's also another thing i want to say it's because we looked for help so quickly i'm a very practical person i don't like dwelling on an issue for too long and yeah oh it just drives me nuts and i want to find a solution for it and then of course i knew that wasn't going to be on the first (laughs) i wish it was but but looking for help was very important for us to learn how to navigate. And when I reflect on all the other families that might be going through this, and and I had many, many, many that have reached out to me because of the video that after it was released and listening to their stories and they are asking me for help. um, I see that a lot of them go through so many years without actually looking for help. help. By the time they do, they are so broken. Mm. There's not way to put that family together anymore or that that couple together anymore. And it really is so sad because they're either because they didn't know that they could look for help or because there wasn't that commitment that you just talked about. Well, it's it's, in a way it's pride too because you kind of say, well, I can't. You get in, in spaces where you say, well, why can't we talk better about this, right? I mean, Alicia, there's things that we're not perfect in mm-hmm. our conversations about. And and you want to say, I'm a mature adult. I know how to talk to people. I know how to listen. But then when emotions get in front of you, if you allow your emotions to be in the driver's seat, pride gets in the way and you say, we we don't need to go see somebody. Like, I, we should be adult enough, right? Like, it's it's a it's a very real dilemma in our world that we live in with relationships is we don't soften down to say first and foremost i love you and i'll do whatever it takes to make sure that like it's a safe place for all of us and i'm not perfect and you're not perfect and so and i'm not going to say you're not perfect right <laughs> like don't don't ever do that but just i i'm not perfect and so if we need to go be in that safe place, I'm willing to humble myself to get there. And it sounds like you guys both did that exact we thing. We did. For each other. I learned a lot of things myself. Yeah. I learned how to, again, make that safe space, welcome him with whatever kind of talk he needed to, to share with me, whatever kind of um, feeling he was having, either it was about the church or our relationship or or work, whatever it was, I'm, I'm, I've always been very intense. So probably I scare people. That's it. That's your Brazilian right there. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Pretty much. Yes. Um, and he has always been that more peaceful person and, and listener. 
So probably by not even noticing, I took advantage of that and he just kind of retracted. He just kind of held all of that in. And with our marriage counseling, we were able to both learn. He learned how to speak up and I learned how to take a little step back and listen. Yes. And that was important for, to bring that balance again, that communication and to just be able to make things work without feeling hurt, without blaming. We don't, we don't feel like we have to bring up things like, oh, but maybe like, you know, you lied or here's the thing. You didn't hug me when I did. Remember six years ago when yeah. you said, right. Yeah. We talk, we can, we talk about it openly yeah. and without feeling any pain. Love we we actually the... talk about it very often. Yes. And we can, we have friends that come over, we sit at dinner and we can share. If they I have questions that. about it, we share about it. I love it. So one thing that I, I, I mentioned before, before we started um, recording is that the idea of sharing our story in a video was actually Brandon. So cool. And he is in a video, which was one of the things that the Mormon channel crew loved about it. Because many other times when there is a story to be shared of divorce or addiction or whatever it is, it's only one side of the, 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 the story being shared yep. so it's not the full truth yeah or leads the 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 expectator yep. to think that yep you also what actually happened to the other yeah. person yeah um is this all really it is to be shared and and is yep. this all the whole story and real quick before <laughs> you before you go on with the video because it's amazing and I, and I hope you'll share some of what you guys talked about but it's under it's under his grace it's the mormon channel his grace and it's titled how to cope when a loved one cha- uh, changes beliefs, mm-hmm. you can find it on YouTube. If if you don't, you know, you don't want to go search on the church stuff. Find it on YouTube. It's a yes. it's a beautiful video, done very well. But it was your husband's idea of like the faith that he walked away from because he was authentically trying to be who he felt he was. Right? He had the idea that yes, we should go share. So he even he sees the beauty in what's happening in your love and your relationship. That's, I, I just, yeah. I have to commend you guys. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. He saw how our marriage became stronger. Yes. He saw how we were able to make it work. He saw how being able to find help and following that help changed us. So he wanted other people to know that it was possible that it wasn't just because he didn't believe in God anymore that we just had to go separate ways. And we knew for sure in our hearts and we told each other that we didn't want to go anywhere. We didn't want to not be together, not just for us, but for our kids. For sure. can, I can't even imagine putting our kids through a divorce yeah. or all that, that heartbreak as well. It would just be... It changes their world. Everything. Yeah. So, and we knew we couldn't even imagine ourselves not being together. So, so because I worked for the Mormon channel, a lot of, and we were already in that position that we talked openly about. So people kind of knew. Yeah. So, so actually no people in Mormon channel didn't know. Okay. So what happened was that 
one of those late night conversations. Yeah. Kids were in bed. We would share all that we've done in the day. My part of the share usually was, oh, today I worked in this production yeah. or I was able to watch this um, story or hear these testimonies. Yeah. And then I said, I wonder how it would our story look like. I wonder what our story would look like yeah. in a video. Yeah. It's like, oh, that would be cool. Like, really? Do you think that? Yeah. So right off the bat. Right off it, the bat. Done. He's, I was do like, this. do you really think that we should do that? He's like, yes. If it could help even one other family Amen. to stay together, it's already worth it. Amen. So that was probably like. So cool. Almost Way to go, 10 Brandon. and I. And I grabbed my phone and I messaged the His Grace producer. A minute later, he Great. replied back. Let's record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, yes, we've been looking for a story like that. Yep. Do you think Brandon would want to be You're like, I've already asked. He's, he's, like his he's idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were thrilled. Yeah. They were thrilled. And um, it's an incredible, it, we, Easily, so much, it's easier to just get frustrated and be like, what the heck? And I got screwed in life and this is not what I asked for and just be mad. But you guys, you, like love is that, love is the thing you held on to and it never went away. And you you knew, you committed to each other in love to get married and, and you stayed there. And I have to say, one thing that we kind of decided right then is that you know how the internet is today. Like Ugh. comments will tear you apart. It's just going to be awful. It's crazy. And we said, we're not going to look at comments when even, this finally is published. Even when you're doing something, it's like, <laughs> it's not bad. It's like nothing but something good. Someone finds something awful. This It's crazy. I have to say 95%. It's all it's good. Ooh, and it's just, it's just refreshing. It just even helps me even more with yeah. that. Um, we started filming like april mm -hmm. 2018 it didn't get published until like november yeah. 2018 so it was a long road yeah. of like getting everything prepared and approved all that kind of stuff but yeah. it has been a huge blessing to share we are both proud of it yeah. because again i've had so many people reach out and to me that really not just feels good but i feel like through my hard time I can hopefully just a little bit help another another someone that's going through that because when I felt so lost and I didn't have that little piece of of help now I can offer that to someone You're else. You're light on a hill. Don't hide don't put your candle under a bushel, right? That's what it says. You literally do and and obviously by hearing a story like this, there are many people that are in places, spaces that are similar by hearing someone brave enough to share and by seeing people like you and Brandon who held on to each other, no matter what, that is a beautiful thing. And that that's love. That is real. That is, you got love. Like you guys have love where other people we have love, but like it's love that may be conditional, right? Like if, if you, if you don't continue to stay this person, then, then I have to withhold my love from you. Then I, then I shouldn't love you anymore. Then I, I have to be very careful in my love that I give to you. That's, I don't believe that that's really something we should be doing. No. I think we have to learn to love each other through the difficult 
right? And so you sharing your story, there's all these people hoping, breaking, feeling like, gosh, my life just got flipped upside down. What am I going to do? All of a sudden they hear a story of it can be done. Can be done. Love, 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 love. And my gosh. And maybe I was kind of that person too before. Yeah. Until I found myself in that situation, had to learn all of that. Yeah. Uh, It's like they say, you don't realize how strong you are until you are in the position that Uh strength. You're pretty strong, so you may be careful what you say. (laughs) But I learned, I learned that it wasn't just about the religion. I learned it was our, it was about us. I learned it was about me, how I would have. How would I allow that experience change me for the better, yes. of course? Yes. Um, how that would bring me closer to my Heavenly Father. Yep. I know that He's there because throughout all the, the, the those dark days, the nights that were... Re- I, I just didn't want to believe that those things were happening to yep. me. I wanted to go to bed and wake up and realize, oh, that was all a bad dream. This is not happening. I literally prayed asking that this was a bad dream. Yeah. That in the morning I would wake up, everything was gone. Yep. I would go to work, come back. I don't even know how. I don't remember. <laughs> Driving. Oh, I was yeah. numb. Yeah. I was in a very numb Pain. state. Ooh. I I don't I don't I I can't explain, but I did feel very strongly. Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ just helping me through. And and when we shared that video, when we shared our story on the video, it had been two years that our journey had started. It was still very clear that I, I was feeling all the feelings. Yeah. Um, it was probably just enough time to uh, process yeah. the thoughts to uh-huh. be able to share, but also still fresh enough that I could still express and you could you probably noticed how nervous I was in that video. So I could, my Brandon killed it. Brandon a, was amazing. You did he did a wonderful was, job. But I was still so, so emotional about it. And still to this day, I get very emotional, you know, in, in several aspects, but I can talk better about yeah. it. But Your heart's in the game. Thing, you, yeah. got, you got skin in the game and that's, it's good to have One emotion. thing a lot of people commented is like, oh, I wish the church talked more, more about this. But I can tell you the church wants to talk about it, That's but it. it needs people like me yep. people to willing. feel ready yes. to talk about Because I know for a long time, I didn't feel ready. Yeah. I didn't have my thoughts all put together to even, I couldn't even start a sentence without just bawling. bawling. Yeah. And, uh, and also because we found the joy, we found happiness and, and, and a life that we could go back to, you know, if I can put it like that, like we know, we learned how to navigate. Then we're like, okay, I guess I have something to share. I, I can help someone else because now I'm in a position that I feel I'm helped enough that I can now offer help to someone else. Yeah. And, and, and yes, the church wants to talk about it. They, they so want to talk about it, but they are waiting for people. It's, Really, it opens the door a lot when when you've got real case examples. I mean, you can go teach like what should and shouldn't happen through scenarios all day long till your face is blue. But if you've never been through it, how much weight really comes with that, right? Of course, 
we, you know, we believe in revelation and knowing the savior is in charge is leading the church. It's, it's one of those things where you, you know that he understands perfectly everything, but like any human that comes and talks to you about whatever, you know, whether it be addiction, whether it be divorce, whether it be, uh, your, your scenario, exactly. If they've never been through that, those words are not going to carry very much depth, very mm-hmm. much weight. And they, they're not going to know how to talk to you in those moments of where you are. But when they've been in those places, and it's different, even though they're all different for all of us, they're still the same places of pain, of grief, of sorrow. And somebody can actually come to you and see you in that place. Whereas if you haven't been through that and you're trying to help somebody, you can't really see that person. You're not, you, you see what somebody else wrote about in a book or what you've heard from another person, but you, your heart, your soul has not been there. Yeah. And that's what makes it beautiful for you guys is you guys can actually, see, you can actually be in that space with them. You can look them in the eye and, and listen and say, I see you. I love you. Your value has not changed. Don't shame yourself. You can make it through this, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so when Brendan first told me, I remember going online on Google and typing when the spouse stops believing. Yeah. There were maybe two hey, articles. Hey, Google, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> there were maybe two articles on Enzyme that talked okay. about it, but with the anonymous. So the, the like, church's magazine. They had it. Uh-huh. For, that was it. There wasn't anything. About sure. It. So, yes, I didn't know where to look for help. Yeah. There wasn't. There wasn't help available. Google didn't Today, have anything else. <laughs> no. Come on. They had forums of yeah. people saying, "Oh, my yeah. husband doesn't believe," or "My wife doesn't believe anymore," or things like that. Sure. In fact, it led me to some support groups on Facebook, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the church itself didn't have a lot. Yeah. So that was back five years ago. Sure. Right. Now, today, thankfully, there are a lot of more resources. But again, if it isn't the person there telling you, it's not the same. same. It doesn't affect you the same way. And even recently, I saw an article on Enzyme that that the name was kept anonymous, right? Yep. It's still not the same. Yes. We know we can relate. Be willing to open your heart. We relate in a way, but it's not all there. Yep. Um, because I've been in this situation, I do, I do notice more uh, when a general authority shares something on that same topic. Yeah. So I've seen, um, uh, one of the apostles shares like, oh, my, my dad wasn't active when, so my, but my yeah. mom was, yep. and that touches me. Oh, in such a way. It's real. Because it gives me hope that, you know, my kids will turn out. Okay. Will. Be- because my my efforts me is still following the covenant that i made with my heavenly father yep. he's gonna help them too yeah you know i hope that they will feel the same strength in in building their testimony and and, and want to have a testimony on the of their own and want to be in the church and of course, we'll let them choose yeah. as well because yep. that's that's the beauty. That's the way we do it. <laughs> that's that's what God do. gives us perfectly as free agents. And we don't make it a big deal at no. our home that it's like, oh, your dad doesn't he believe. He doesn't believe. No, you shouldn't ask him that. Because if we don't make it a big deal, they're not going to make it a big deal. Either. Yeah. It's going to be something that is just 
everyone gets to make a choice and and if it's I beautiful believe, that we do and yet we still love people that are different than us with all of our hearts because we're all different, right? I know now I am more compassionate about, like you said, there's always someone hurting. We need to be careful with our words. Um, probably that's what it took me to be more compassionate, to be more um, um, careful with how I approached people, how I, I cared for them, to offer my help without expecting anything yeah. in return. Yep. And I always think that they might be going through something that I don't know. So I need to be kind to them because for a, for a while I was going through something that people didn't know Yes. and they still never changed their attitude towards yes. me. They were still very kind and I'm grateful to all of those people. I, I, there's, there's something that's coming to my mind right now. I just want to talk about for like two seconds. And then, and then I want to talk, I want to talk about Brandon for a second. Brandon, I'm going to talk to you for a minute. Cause I know you're going to hear this one day. Um, when are we going to get to the point in society and in culture, not just LDS culture, but I'm talking about like in the world where it's like, if you tell me something, I'm going to accept that as truth. Why don't we validate each other? You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's almost like because of our experiences, if somebody comes to us and says, Hey, I'm going through this. It's not really my fault, blah, 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 blah. Like we come up with assumptions in our brain and we're like, nah, I don't know that. I don't know if that's fully the truth, right? We, we kind of, or, or like, yeah, you're probably doing something besides what you're just talking about. There's probably something you're not telling me back here that puts you in a darker place because of this. Like we, we have these, we have, we have these weird things culturally where we are kind of judging people inaccurately because of things and ideas of what we've seen from maybe somebody else or, or because of what a culture believes. So for example, somebody grows up in the church, in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they have a faith crisis. They want to walk away. What is something that initially we think as members of the church when somebody decides to walk away? That they're lazy. Lazy. <laughs> or, and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and I shouldn't say or because it's kind of an and thing. And, there must be something in their life that they are doing wrong. Right, right. I'm sorry. That's like the biggest garbage bull crap in the world because we're all doing something wrong. Not, no one's perfect. But if we, look, if, if, if we listen, if someone's in that space and we look them in the eye and we slow down, we're not trying to tell them how to behave or what we read from a book right about addiction or whatever it is. If we're not, Oh, Hey, so-and-so says addiction is this and you need to do this. So you need to do this, 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 and this. Nah. But if you look someone in the eye and you say, I see you, I love you. And I believe you. The change in that person, the freeing feeling that's going to come from that person and them wanting to be near you is going to be stronger than ever before. It doesn't mean they're going to change for you. That's not, and we should never expect that. But that compassion, what you just said, Rebecca, that you gained from all this stuff you've been through, allows you to see people, allows you to validate people, to trust that what they are saying to you is true and to, and to let them have that and own it and to be there for them there with that thing that they're owning. And trust because that then becomes safe for that person 
because that's their truth. They're living it at that moment. So, so somehow, some way we've got to stop doing this dumb crap we do where it's like anybody that we feel like we know really well comes to us and says something that's kind of shocking. And we're like, yeah, there must be something else going on in their life or yeah, but like, yeah, I, I know you. And like, you don't really do that thing. You, you guys kind of know what I'm talking about. It's got to stop. That's bull crap. It's got to stop. Validate each other. Listen to each other. And show up for each other in silence in those places where they need us to just listen and validate with love, right? Right, exactly. I, th- I think that's important. And I'm gonna now. I'm gonna talk about Brandon. I'm, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna talk for a second. I'm sorry. I have to say this, but and then I'm I'm gonna get back to with some questions. Cool. Okay. Hey, Brandon, when you listen to this, man, I just gotta tell you, like, the God I believe in loves you, <laughs> and He's proud of you, and. uh honesty like if if, if if with my kids you know if they if they if they decide they don't believe whatever what whatever happens as their father understanding this life the way that I do I just have to say to you man God loves you and he's proud of you and you know what if there's space for me in the kingdom of heaven there's space for you because anybody that is a person of their word, they try the best they can to love and take care of their wife and their family and be a good citizen and just try to serve others. Listen, this life is not easy. It throws a lot of stuff at us. And I, I got to say, with the limited and finite mind that I have and understanding that I have, God's going to wrap his arms around you and tell you how proud he is of you. And I believe that with all of my heart doesn't make anybody a bad person. It, it makes, it almost makes it better when you're living who, as you are, who you are doing the best you can, knowing that none of us are perfect. You're doing the best you can. And I just got to say, I, I, I got a lot I can learn from you and I appreciate uh, who you are. Rebecca, you're incredible. I mean, the, the pain that you felt and, and that, but like you're, you've, you've held on to love and because you've held on to love, you've softened where you could have got with that, that Brazilian, <laughs> yes, hurrah, like to life, right? Like, yeah, you're loud. You're proud. It's all good. That's culture. And, and that's a beautiful thing, but it's hard when you get in these spaces of like, Hey, somebody's, somebody's doing something to my life that it, it's not good. This is not okay. This is, I don't trust this you slowed down and it may have taken some time, but you slowed down and, and you allowed your heart to come to this place of love. Like I love, and that's the most important thing. And your love for God is powerful. I mean, for you first and foremost to say, I'm not going to break the covenant that I know I made with, with God. That's special. And, and to do that, with a husband who belongs to the same faith, make, making the same covenants that, now no no longer believes, but to hold on to that for you and in your love for him, knowing that's what you were supposed to do, that's a beautiful thing. You guys deserve all the blessings that can come your way. My gosh, so cool. Um, anything you want to say to what I just said there? You probably probably <laughs> need to clean it up. I was all over the place, but. No, you're fantastic. I think um, the reason why you can say all that because you've been, through your own dark times and your own 
experiences. So it changes us. It changes us completely. And as much as I don't wish this on anyone else, I am so grateful that I was able to go through it yeah. because it changed me and it, it, it helped me. And, um, and there's a lot more to help me, I'm sure. And it brought me so much closer to my heavenly father. And I know that, that because that he allowed me to go through this hard time. So in a way I would become stronger. I would become closer to him and, and be humbled and ask for his help. And I'm grateful for that. Just, just that alone to just, it's just, I'm grateful. You get to a place of where you thank you. I get it. I see, I get it. I, mine were mistakes of my own making for the most part. And I knew better. And the amount of grace that I was given when I had no, no right to receive any of it was so, so large, that amount of grace that I just want to give it to people. <laughs> I just want people to know that it's okay. Like, do you know how important you are? Do you know how valuable you are? And and no matter where you're at in your walk of life, do you know what your Savior's done for you? Even if you don't believe in him, he still did it for you because he loves you. And he didn't need you to accept him to do it for you. That is, that's grace. That's beauty. And we can do that. We can start to do that for each other, you know? We can't save each other. That's his and his alone. And my gosh, he's good at it. But we can we can give that grace to each other, right? We can make that safe place, that space, like you and your husband did for each other. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, is there anything else you want to share to the story before I ask you a couple of questions? No, I think yeah, bring it on. This has been this has been a lot of fun. It's been emotional. It's been raw. It's been real. It's been uh, it's, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by you. I'm inspired by Brandon. I mean, I got to be honest. Like I. I looked at Brandon right now and I'm like, that dude would be, I, I'd love, I'd love Brandon right off the bat. And I'd be like, I got a lot I can learn from this guy about how to be a good husband and father. What, what better thing can you say about somebody in their life? Right? Like, oh yeah, he didn't live with a ton of faith, but dude, he was an amazing husband and father. That's faith. That is faith, right? Believing that if you live a certain way and you love a certain way, good things are going to turn out. That's faith. And, um, yeah, I, please go give him a high five. Go give him, go give him a big chest bump for me when you get home. And uh, what a stud. Um, okay, so a couple questions I wrote down. And this is, I, so I uh, we talk a lot about safe spaces, right? I think our culture does, our society does now. Like make that, that space safe. It's got to be safe for you. It's got to be safe for others. Sometimes when we get in arguments, it's like, well, I w that wasn't safe for me. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, great, right? The, the person that hears that wants to be like, oh, okay, well, it's not safe. Let me tell you what's not going to be safe now, right? Um, no, it's, it, I was, it cracks me up whenever, whenever I hear somebody say, oh, it wasn't a safe place for me. And it's like, okay, well, define safe. But, but let's validate that because that's real, right? What what would you define as a safe place? So for you to talk to Brandon, what did you need to make that safe? And also what, what did Brandon need? How did you make a safe place for Brandon? So kind of both sides of that. 
So, of course, there are a lot of, like, little steps that Layers. you learn yes. on marriage counseling. It's like words that you shouldn't use, words that you should use so the person understands and feels that safety to share. Uh, and then definitely not when someone tells you something to not just try and battle that right off the fight that right off the bat um so interrupting is probably not safe exactly yeah <laughs> that's always yeah. something i used to do or probably still do i was like i said i wasn't giving him the time to just slowly express his feelings we defend we defend that's that's why we interrupt because we're, we're feeling like our character's being attacked. We're, yes. We defend, right? Yes. So, we interrupt. so even if it was something that I didn't feel good about or he was maybe like saying that I wasn't doing that the right way, but why did I have to defend right then? Just let him tell me and let me listen and learn from that thing that he's telling me. Validate. <laughs> you validated yes. by just listening. And usually it's like... Hey, I, you know, that word that you said kind of hurt me or the way you, you, you did this wasn't, it didn't make me feel good. First thing is like, I'm sorry. You know, I, oh, we've, we've done this so many times now. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that way. Um, let's just start over. And that's it. And awesome. then it, all of the sudden, it doesn't escalate to those big, heated conversations. So wait a second. So you're telling me, instead of getting defensive, no, I don't do that. Come on. The, yeah, I wasn't yelling. I was passionate, right? Like, come on. Just so, whatever. Passionate is the word. Yeah, for me. yeah, yeah. Well, this is for me too. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm passionate. You want to hear me yell? I can yell. So, and Alicia and I never fight. I don't think we fought. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I love her with all my heart. But um, I love that approach. You listen. Let the whole, even if it hurts, because in arguments, the the when people we love say things, you start to feel like they're attacking your character, and you're like, "That's not me. I don't. That's not what I. I you don't understand my heart where it was. Whatever. We get defensive." We have to correct them because that's not who we are. That doesn't do any good. Never no, does. No. So if we listen and then, and then in the response, the first thing you said out of your mouth was, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that's how I was making you feel. I apologize. Thank you for telling me. Tell me more. Yeah. How can I, how can I make this better? And then all of a sudden you said something really important too. Growing. You can learn and you can grow closer together. Just by trying to grow, you actually grow closer together. Yes. Oh. The, I think each other can see the efforts that the other person's doing. You and know, it's I almost. I can see that he is yeah. working to help me. I'm working to help him and us together be closer. Interesting that that light and that energy that you approach that with, if, if one of you is doing it, and the other's not, the other one's gonna see it and be like, oh, I gotta, I need to be more loving and kind, right? So you feed off of each other in that mm -hmm. emotion. But if you're angry and you're upset, the other person's gonna, it's like, it's like and my And then you're pushed away. Yeah. You're pushed away. And there's, yeah. It's like my kids. 
if, if any of my kids are anxious and I'm like, the, the, the way to fix anxiety is not to make, oh, come on, get over your feelings. Like it's all good. If you do that, that anxiety goes 10 times bigger than it was before. But if you slow down, I've learned with some, like my, my, my little girl, Savannah, um, a little bit of anxiety every once in a while. And I've learned with her, if she gets anxious, she keep my mouth shut and put my arm around her. What's it? Tell me more. Talk about it. Let it out. I don't even need to give you a response. I can't fix this for you, but I can listen. And you getting it out of your system is good, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Getting it out. And for me, that's actually the, the way it helps me by just getting it out. You don't need to say anything. Just listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And he knows that already. I heard just, that Brazilian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just need to tell someone yes. about my feelings. <laughs> yes. And yes. he's a really good listener. So I think that's how we, I look at, you know, I look at the example you're setting for your girls in that, in that area, in that regard. And you guys are teaching your children how to have healthy relationships. That's, that's a huge part of life. It's hard. If you feel like you're in damaged relationships all the time, your faith is almost sometimes choked out. But if you're, if you know, and you're capable of having healthy relationships and conversations that help you grow, you guys are giving them one of the best foundations you possibly can. That's incredible. So. Yeah. Um, I remember when we first started dating, I said, uh, I don't like not talking to the person because that person did something and I'm going to just tuck it in and, and not talk about it, but also not talk to that person. You know, those kind of attitudes like you did something to me. I'm just going to ignore you. We're not going to be talking anymore. Oh, it only makes it worse. It just makes it worse. I actually saw that a lot growing up too. And, and I knew I didn't want that to happen in my relationship, especially since we were getting very serious. We talk it over. We fix it. We don't go to bed without talking. You know, like we fix it right then because tomorrow we're still together. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so it. we'll fi we figure out, we fix it and then we move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, no. Like, Oh, we're in, in no talking terms. That's not something. Well, that the, the well, let's be honest. The person that is the one that is, does no talking for however long or length of time that is all they're trying to do is control the situation. Yeah. And that just makes everything so much worse. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, Sometimes we do need to go walk and take a breath of fresh air. Yes. I get it. You go be in your space for a second, take a breath, but you got it. You, you've got to both be willing to come back and put your hearts on the table and say, I love you. If I'm making a mistake here, tell me more yes. and then shut your mouth and listen. Right. Okay. I've got two more questions. They're going to be quick. Okay. This has been a lot of fun for me. You can <laughs> tell I'm, I'm like excited. Um, you said something in the, in, in your story towards the end, you said, um, our marriage became stronger and, and you kind of hinted on the fact that you're so grateful looking at this thing. You're, you're actually grateful that you went through it because now you, you've grown a lot. You understand compassion so much more. You understand that the, the savior, our heavenly father listens to us. The savior, Jesus Christ is, is there as soon as we invite him in and we open that door for him. Um, do you, do you believe that this hard thing that you guys have gone through, do you believe that it's made your marriage stronger? It did. 
because we had to figure out that how to navigate this whole new situation but it wouldn't be stronger if it was just me on one side trying to figure out we had to do it together I love it it had to going back to that commitment he had to be committed to work towards the normal life again the norm the new normal for us uh, whether it's that he's coming to church with us when we go whether he's accepting me still working on all my church callings and me now accepting and and supporting him in his new beliefs yeah so not judging that you know he changed or and to me is we all go through a different gospel experience the way i feel about the church my testimony, I cannot force into anyone as much as we know. Right. We know so strongly and we want everyone to like the fruit of the tree of life that, that Lehi saw and, and tasted. And he wanted all of his children to have. And that's how we feel about the gospel. We want everyone to partake of that goodness, but we just can't force into no. them. It's in their own terms. Um, I don't know if Brandon will ever start believing again. And I don't dwell on that. Because when he decides that that's the time, be it. If he does never come back to believing, that's okay. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ will make it right. But we are working together in our happy life right now. And if anything, because he doesn't believe in that eternal life, he does everything he can for this life to, to count, it, yeah, to make it better, make it better yes. to make it count and to just be the happiest time. Because sometimes in church or with our beliefs, we think, oh, I'll work, I'll do all of this stuff because eternal life. No, right now it's the time. Live in the moment. Right now is when you find happiness and you do everything you can to make it. this count. I love it. That's a, that's awesome. Well said. And, and I, I think the thing that's uh, really cool about Brandon is um, whether, whether he comes back to full activity in the church or not, you love him and he loves you and it's going to be okay. Right? Like that commitment in love and truly cherishing somebody in love and taking care of them throughout your life taking care of their feelings, loving that person, serving them throughout life. That that's, that's a huge part of the gospel that Jesus Christ teaches, right? So they don't, they'll never stop believing in Brandon and it's all good. Yeah. So he's living that way. Last question. I ask everybody that I have in my interviews, what is the gift that you receive because of your darkest and hardest times in that moment? I believe you already answered it, but I'm going to ask you to just say it again. Maybe I haven't found all the gift yet. And I think that's what's special about it because each day that goes by, I learn something else and I feel even more blessed. I do count my blessings every day. And that's how I see joy every day in my life. But by sharing our story, by going through this really hard time, I realized that there's so much and so many people that I can help. And that's the gift that I have received 
and I'm giving. And I hope that it helps someone you're, out there. You're incredible. You're incredible. That's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. The classroom of of life. We we just we need to give each other grace. And and when we make our mistakes and our failures and know that everybody goes through them and to get to arrive at that place of compassion to say, is there somebody I can help? That's what the Savior lived for. He showed us to do that, right? You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks no, so much for joining you, me. You are awesome. No, this has been this has been a really fun conversation. I just great. I just hope you and Brandon both understand like what a what an incredible thing you're doing. And and not not in a not necessarily for the church, but you're, you're doing an incredible thing for marriage and love. And you're, you're teaching things because of what you're doing by example of what compassion, love and, and true, like true love is really all about. And I, and I think God is so pleased with that. So keep it up. We will. You're Thank awesome. you so much. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at come towards delight at gmail.com.